Welcome back to the This Is Jazz Today podcast. My name is Nick Finzer. I'm here with Alan Blanchard. And today we are talking about September 2020 releases. We're into a new month. We're looking back and uh, celebrating 10 of the great releases that came out. There's a bunch of bunch of great releases that I heard. I'm sure that you found a bunch as well. So Alan, thanks for being here. And thanks for putting together the next edition of our playlist. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, it was an interesting month. There's also like two of those um, lost records that definitely aren't lost evidently anymore. So that was a kind of a cool find. But I think this is finally now where we're starting to get to that point where a lot of the albums that we've been talking about um, with singles and whatnot are, are here. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's cool. You know, I mean, there's going to be on someone on here who I'm sure everyone expected was going to be on here, but, uh, that we've been talking about for five months with finally the Christian McBride releases out. Ah, yes. I was, so, which uh, one is this? I was like, yeah, I mean, I think it's a, it's a really good balanced, uh, playlist this month and bunch of great tracks, bunch of great tracks by a bunch of big names, like so many big names, actually, that some big names did not make the playlist. So. Oh, over that. Well, that's, uh, that's interesting because this first person on our list today is not, oh, I guess I don't really know if he's a big name or not. He's a younger, younger name. Maybe he's going to be a big name. I'm not so sure. I'm not sure. But I first met this person when he was uh, attending summer camp and I was uh, teaching there. So uh, that's Isaiah Thomas. He probably doesn't want people to know that, but uh, too bad. So sad. But he has a new album out. And uh, so why don't you tell us about this track? Yeah, Isaiah Thompson's um, debut release as, as a leader and whatnot. And I first met him uh, a few years ago now back at Jazz Aspen with, with Christian McBride, man. And he is a er, is an incredible pianist um, up in New York, studied at Juilliard and everything. And I think the thing that first intrigued me about this album was not actually knowing who Buddy Montgomery was. Um, and if there are any diehard Buddy Montgomery fans, like don't come crucify me. Um, but it was just a very interesting choice of like music to go to, you know, because of my own ignorance and not knowing who that person is. So that kind of um, spun in the whole, you know, whole different listening of music and whatnot. But I mean, the trio is basically him and uh, Philip Norris, who's another great young bass player up there who he plays with a lot, and um, Willie Jones III on drums. Um, and it also has Daniel uh, Sadownik, uh, the percussionist on the album as well at some point. So, man, I think it's a great album. You know, it's, it's piano trio with percussion and, and whatnot here. And it's it, it does a really good job displaying, I think, um, the study he's put in and, and the, the time and, and everything, practicing and getting ready. Um, and it outlines the music of... Uh, or some of the highlights about in Montgomery, you know, which I think can be really interesting because I wouldn't put, you know, and maybe you have a different opinion being older and wiser and everything. But old. <laughs> he's not like a go-to person, you know, that I think is like on the top of people's minds, Buddy Montgomery that is. And I so it's, it's so. really cool to see that, you know, and uh, mm-hmm. um, listen to someone that obviously had a pretty big impact on mm-hmm. Isaiah. Oh, for sure. Um, yeah, that's not a person that I know that much about either. I will, I will say that that is true. Um, but obviously really great. This is on uh, WG3J, not G, WJ3 Records, uh, which is Willie Jones's label, the great drummer. 
Willie Jones III, and he's also playing drums, obviously, on this record. So that's that's nice to just see, you know, the older generation kind of taking the younger generation under their wing as it was supposed to be, <laughs> or as we hope it would be, right? At least I hey, would have hoped. We'll see. We'll, we'll see. We got many more years to see how that's going to pan out, you know? That's true. That's true. But probably, I'm guessing this was recorded a while back um, and uh, before all this nonsense started. But uh, let's keep let's keep rolling here with the playlist. We got uh, Down by the Riverside here from Joe Farnsworth. I think we were talking about this record last month. Yeah. And so last month we had talked about this record with um, uh, a single that released the Starcross Lovers. Um, and it came out on... September 18th, I think, um, for Smoke Sessions record. And I mean, it's just, I mean, it's the same thing we talked about last month. You know, the band is Joe Farnsworth, Peter Washington, Kenny Barron, and Wynn Marcellus. Like, it's just not, it's one of those records that you hear about it's coming out and you don't not check out, you know? Um, and this was a tune um, that I was just very interested to hear how they, took on it. And that's why I put it there because, you know, there's the big band version, which we had listened to a couple right. months ago with Chris McBride and talking about mm-hmm. that, the Jimmy Smith and everything. Um, and then you hear that, I think often in like uh, a lot of older records and mm-hmm. how they're approached or some people. Um, and I hope I'm not getting this wrong, but I think Nicholas Payton has like an arrangement of it. And then it's like a completely new take on the tune and everything. So I was very interested to hear how like, Wenton was obviously going to bring like his heritage and everything being from New Orleans and, and all of that. But the combination of someone like a Kenny Barron and a Joe Farnsworth playing that as well. Um, so I don't know. It's, it's a phenomenal record. There's tons of great standards on it. Um, you know, there's also prelude to a kiss and darn that dream and monk's dream and, and, you know, a lot of dreams evidently. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's a phenomenal record. It's one of those that you just put on and like, you kind of feel like you knew how it was going to play out by looking at who's on the record, but like that doesn't disappoint you in any way of it, you know? Mm -hmm. And this one's a uh, smoke sessions record uh, from smoke, the jazz club in New York. If you haven't been, they always do a great job of putting together all-star records. That's for sure. That is for sure. And always like very consistent. They always have stuff coming out. Always have strong stuff coming out. <clears throat> All right, now I gotta say here before we play this next track, I did not authorize this. <laughs> not that I need to authorize what's on this play- playlist, but um, it's a little early. I mean, we're recording this on October first, and this is a holiday song from Warren Wolf. So number one, props to Warren Wolf for getting it out in time, in order to get as much radio play out of this as possible. But I'm really not ready to hear this, Alan. <laughs> it's so far away. Yeah. Man, so what he's giving me crap about right now is Warren Wolf came out with his Christmas album, Christmas Vibes. Um, man, I am of the same boat. I was like, because I definitely had a conversation with someone a couple of days ago where I was like, when, what's the rule of thumb? Like, when do we start doing the Christmas music and they're like man you gotta wait until at least after Halloween you know like usually after Thanksgiving is a rule of thought but at least November 1 you know um 
And evidently Warren Wolf had been told that or had not been told that and just said, screw it. I'm putting out my Christmas <laughs> record now. and it's going to be Christmas for the next three, you know, four months. Uh, and man, it's killing. It's, it's so cool. And you know, it's Warren has such a background, I think in um, like R and B and, and just like grooves and like obviously some gospel influence uh, throughout this album. And so it's so cool to hear, like first off the band that he puts together, but in combination with like the way that he's presenting vibes. Um, and I think that that's been one of the most interesting things that's been highlighted to me, especially since going to school with like a best friend who was a vibraphone player. It's just now all the different ways that vibes are being presented and are being um, played in music and whatnot, which I don't think was as common because vibes weren't as common, you know? Um, yeah, for sure. So it's cool. I mean, it it does all the class. Oh, Christmas tree, skating, Classics, dance yeah. of the Sugar Plum Fairy. I just, uh, I don't know. I picked this one. It's a killing solo. If you're uh, new to him. joining us uh, on this podcast and you weren't around last year, or I don't remember if we were doing it the year before, but uh, you'll know that Alan is a uh, holiday jazz aficionado and we've made special versions of the playlist just to feature uh, Alan's mission of sharing holiday jazz with the world but i'm a little disappointed because you've had all this time and you haven't made your own holiday album or single or anything and uh, yeah it it's very difficult it's very difficult to do it and not make it extremely cheesy which is why i think i have even more respect for the album <laughs> bad killing you know mm -hmm. i understand but I'm still, I'm going to just say, I'm a little disappointed that you haven't released something yet with your holiday uh, passion. We'll say that, holiday passion. Um, well, we're having a little technical difficulty today. I'm sure Alan will be back in a second, but um, I'm going to keep going. He's back. Yeah, yeah, you're going to move yeah, back. Yeah, We're yeah. going to keep going here. That was your mean one, Mr. Grinch from Warren Wolf's holiday album. I mean, he is like definitely ahead of the curve. I know October 15th was a date that I heard about people wanting to start Christmas stuff. Uh, so he's not wrong. He is not wrong. It's just too soon for me. Too soon for me. It doesn't right. mean it's too soon for other people. But maybe this will be just like the longest, joyous, joyfulest holiday season because everyone just wants to focus on something else but uh let's keep moving with our playlist here we're going to move to one of blue notes super groups um this one is artemis and uh has my boss in it <laughs> yeah uh, but this super is super group i think is understatement man Under understatement like, yeah it's this to me is um it's just another reiteration of those uh those blue note records that they make, you know, where like they play the music of Herbie Hancock or whatever, and it would have all these random people. Um, and man, this, um, you know, super group, like people like Anak Cohen or not Cohen and Melissa Aldana and Ingrid Jensen and uh, Norco Uede and, and Allison Miller. And so, I mean, it's incredible. And then I was going through the record. I was like, man, the Sidewinder, I know the Sidewinder. And then they started to play the Sidewinder. And then I had to like go back and listen to the Sidewinder to make sure it was still the same tune I thought it was. <laughs> um, because they take a spin on it. That's like, 
yeah, it's got it almost really feels like Miles Davis, you know, with like the Harmon mute and the way that like it's slowed down and like very particular with like uh, the voicings and everything. Like it had that tinge of like Miles there for a second. Um, and I mean, you know, completely biased, but Ingrid takes a killing solo on it. Oh, uh, here we go again. <laughs> yeah man it's 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 really cool and it's an album that like i am so ready to dive more into because i think it's um everybody that is on this album i've heard in some way shape or form mm -hmm. but it's always been like it hasn't been a lot of their own projects i think cecil's and anat are the people whose projects i've listened to enough of their own it's always been so-and-so with them you know ingrid with so-and-so or Melissa Aldana with so-and-so. And so it's really cool to um, check out a project that they were very collaborative on, you know, like they each contributed a tune. They um, each have a very unique voice and then um, brought it together, you know, underneath the, uh, the pseudonym, if you will, of the Greek goddess Artemis, you know? Yeah. There you uh, go. So it's, it's really cool to see lesson. it out here. History lesson in today's podcast. Well cultured. What can I say, man? Man, that move to Nashville is just getting you so <laughs> deep into the scene. That's what you um, got to do. You got to be deep. <laughs> um, yeah, so obviously great record. Great band, great. I think Rini Rosnes is uh, the one, the leader, quote unquote, quote, mm. was what I heard too. And uh, obviously she is great. And she also played with J.J. Johnson. So I have to be a fan. So there, how about that? <laughs> Uh, moving along, right along here, we go back to another Smoke Sessions release here with, again, a pianist who played with one of my favorite trombonists. This is how, you know, I rank people, right? If you play with my favorite people, then obviously they're the best. But uh, this is the amazing pianist, Eric Reed. And uh, I'm referring to, a, he made two duo records with Wycliffe Gordon, which is why I'm bringing, bringing that up. But this is his release. And uh, tell us about this track. Yeah. Um, it's a single off an upcoming Smoke Sessions record, um, and it's his version of We Shall Overcome. And I'm going to say, I, and I'm like 99.98% sure it's solo piano all the way through. Um, but I just found this because it came on, you know, my For You thing with Spotify or whatnot. So good job, Spotify. Um, Eric Reed is an incredible pianist who I think I first learned of by name from one of those records with Wycliffe. And then it started to learn, you know, he had like his tenure with Winton and, and everything and dove more into um, Eric Reed, who is just ridiculous as a pianist, you know, and his understanding of like harmony to me almost is like Bill Evans-esque, where like it's a very fine line of having tons and tons and tons of harmonic changes and devices add into it and like using harmony melodically without being too overwhelming um which i think is like so difficult to do as a pianist because you just have limitless options um and you sure. get to control all of that and then so like when you can do that by yourself solely and sprinkle it in and take it out and it's not overwhelming it doesn't lose the the intention you know it's impactful that to me is like uh a really big deal really impressive you know and, and part of the reason that i love his playing and obviously like you know i would i think it's safe to say that like he's very heavily gospel uh influence you know from oh, yeah. listening to those records with like Wycliffe and everything so 
I'm very excited to hear the rest of the album. Um, but yeah, it, it's a phenomenal single of, uh, of, I think, a tune that some people have heard in passing. You know, I don't know how many versions of that We Shall Overcome people have heard, but it's uh, definitely one to add to your library. Nice. And he's got a little bit of a West Coast band happening here as well. Uh, these musicians, I'm just looking at the cover art. It's Chris Lewis, yeah. is a tenor player from the Monk Institute. Alex Bonham's a great bass player out there in LA, Australian cat. And Kevin Canner was in New York, but now moved back to LA. And I don't know Henry Jackson, who is the other person on the record, but I think I'm not really sure where uh, Eric Reed is based anymore. He what he had moved from New York back to LA and then I saw he was teaching in uh, Tennessee somewhere, actually. Yeah, I think he's at Knoxville? UT Knoxville. Knoxville. Yeah. I think so. So all over the place, Eric Reed. And uh, looking forward to this record. I'm sure that it's going to be really, really great. Uh, just like the other, everything that Smoke puts out is always great. So uh, moving to, here's a star-studded lineup here coming up. The next couple of tracks, uh, a classic track from classic vocalist, <laughs> uh, Diana Krall. And Diana Krall. Um, Diana yeah. Krall. You know, there, it's it's incredible, uh, you know, an amazing vocalist. And I think for some reason, sometimes people forget, like, how amazing of a pianist as well. Mm -hmm. um, but it's just, it's like one of those, like, feel good groups when like the diana crawl albums comes on you know it can just change like i feel like this is the epitome of like how happy everyone thinks jazz is you know like when they think jazz like they think the holiday season they think like the scenes from movies or whatnot and like how it's always like feel good and everything you know all of that stuff and this is that with uh with diana crawl it's killing there's a very tight pocket like it swings hard there's piano solos, there's, you know, great vocals, um, and doing like a phenomenal singer, like almost like being in love, like, come on, what, what more could you ask for when you're having your cup of coffee in the morning? Oh, I don't know. You tell me. I don't know. Sometimes, man, some things are, and it's not denouncing anything else, but sometimes you just don't want all of that. You know, you want to be able to put something on that you can just like, almost zone out to if you will but like can still um appreciate and dig and everything you know mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. for sure so this next these next two tracks must be some of these discovered or re-releases here because right now we are going to hear a track from everyone's favorite uh pianist monk thelonious monk yeah these this concept of like all these new releases is really starting to make me feel a little conflicted because i feel like some people shun those people that make bootlegs or whatnot at concerts and then all of a sudden some record label gets a 52 year old uh concert recording of felonious monk at a high school in northern california you know i don't know what this is that's what it is. It's a 52-year-old recording from Palo Alto High School in Northern Cal California. Because mm -hmm. for some reason, there was a, evidently, there was a student who was like the social commissioner at this school and organized all of these dances, yada, yada, yada. And he just got Thelonious Monk to come to a high school in Northern 
California to do a concert. So I don't know what my high school was while I was doing was growing up, but uh, it not was bad. not bad. <laughs> um, and yeah, so I mean, it's a great album. You know, he does a lot of like the standards. I think I picked Well You Needn't, uh, Ruby My Dears on this, Blue Monk, Epistrophe, um, Don't Blame Me, and I Love You, Sweetheart of All My Dreams. Um, it's a great album. It's just one of those where it's like, there's a new um, Monk album. What are you going to do? Not listen to it? You know, and I'm pretty sure this is with the band with Ben Riley and Charlie Rouse and Larry Gales. So what are you going to say? No, you know, like <laughs> this is Monk. Go put it on, go listen to it and then be happy you did it. <laughs> You're very demanding today. It's I don't know what to tell specific. people, you know. It's a very it's, specific it's, instructions. Uh, no, of course. He's a phenomenal guy. It's always good to hear like a different versions, especially for, um, you know, if you're studying this music to hear what, you know, the def quote unquote definitive version is and then kind of be able to check out other versions right. to like contrast and know that, you know, there's not one right answer. There's multiple right answers. And that's definitely good. Yeah. Sometimes we get stuck in the idea of like, this is the right way to do this song and this is this. And it's a jazz police, man. Why are you not playing Round Midnight like it was off this Miles Davis record? It's like, stop. You know, just stop. Yeah. There's other yeah. things. There are other things, you're right. But uh, anyway, it gives you at least some context to be more open, perhaps, if you are one of those people that is quite regimented. But uh, all right. Ella Fitzgerald definitely can't go wrong with Ella Fitzgerald. And of course, it is one of your favorite types of recordings, a live recording. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, again, evidently, someone had this lost tape of her in Berlin and decided to release it. Now, granted that somebody um, was Norman Granz. So he probably has some recordings that we don't, you know? Um, That's true. But it's just, it's Ella Fitzgerald live in Berlin. And I like a lot of these later recordings. Uh, this is from, I think, 1962. Mm. Um, maybe 63. I think it's 62. But this is like the, not that the earlier stuff of Ella is bad by any means, but I like being able to hear some of the later things um, where the recording quality was just like a little bit better. Because I don't, I think there's a lot of subtleties with Ella that a lot of people with your first listens through and whatnot, like don't give her credit for, mm. you know, like the smoothness of her tone and whatnot. And they just sometimes don't think about it. I think like Sarah Vaughn is who people go to when they think of like a, like a super smooth tone or, you know, lush or whatever. And sure. Ella was that. In Ella, and so when some of these other recordings, I think someone who hasn't listened to it a lot or hasn't at least familiarized with the way that like early Louis Armstrong and early recordings sound, mm -hmm. it's now starting to to give almost like a deeper appreciation, you know? Um, and I think again, with like, we've always talked about how I prefer live albums. Mm -hmm. uh, this is one of those times I think where you can see truly how like playful Ella seemed to be when she was singing and whatnot, and, like really a good entertainer and like knew how to uh pull in a crowd and, and everything you know for sure. um so uh, i'm gonna group this with the Thelonious monk and just say like go listen to it and <laughs> you will enjoy it and if you don't like you're wrong it's okay ah 
Okay, I like your taking a stand here. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, I agree with you that it's like there's not a lot of newer, sorry, later Ella as opposed to earlier Ella in terms of like being able to check it out. So that's interesting. I, but I do share your conflict about this re-releasing stuff because we have such a pedestal that we put the past on in this music, which mm -hmm. obviously, I mean, you know that I, how where I, my kind of teaching style somewhat and just like that the how important it is to know that history but at the same time like when i mean no offense like i'm i'm glad that this stuff is out but when 20 percent of our playlist is like people that have passed passed away like more than 20 years ago it's becomes a little bit harder for those of us trying to do it now you know and it it's reflected Definitely. in the the industry is reflected in like the coverage that you're able to get. It's safer for labels and stuff to re-release known names. They don't have to break anybody. They don't have to. It's also it. cheaper, and it's cheaper, you know, because they don't have to. The other thing too, man, is it makes me start to wonder, um, like I generally write off a lot of those albums that are like, here's the complete collection of so-and-so, you know, mm -hmm. and it makes me start to, because I'm just thinking they're re-releases and, you know, people trying to make money again. And it makes me wonder how many times, recordings that have not been released slip through the cracks and get onto those and then like now i just am unaware that they exist you know sure um, there's tons of stuff that's never come out let's just make a couple of months a year where it's historical releases and then the rest of the year you're not allowed to you know yeah, sure december let's put it in december <laughs> there you go compete with the christmas music there we go because that's what it is it's like you know highly like, nostalgia well stuff nostalgia exactly. yeah speaking of nostalgia this song is very nostalgic for me. One of my first jazz records that I got into, obviously it wasn't this record, but the song Night Train from Chris McBride's big band, the Oscar Peterson trio version, I think was on repeat for a long time for me. I don't know about you, but. Maybe not specifically that tune, but there are a couple of Oscar Peterson records where if I had not been streaming them, I think I would have broken them. I've played them so many times. Ah, sure. And now here's the Christian. Look, we've been talking about it for months. I put, I think, every single single that they've released on this playlist. Mm -hmm. um, if I, I will personally force this tune into people's headphones. This is a phenomenal big band. It really is. I think it's one of the best big bands that is recording now. I think it has phenomenal band members. I think it always has great arrangements. There's mm -hmm. been a versatility in the music that they have done compared, you know, to all these different projects that he's released and the music of Freddie Hubbard that's sometimes on it and his originals that are sometimes on it, you know, Shade of the Cedar Tree and whatnot. And now they're doing um, a tribute and almost like a recreation of this great big band session that we used to have, you know, um, it's amazing. And that's not to take away from Lincoln Center. It's not to take away from uh insert any other big band here that i'm blanking on you know who's mm -hmm. ever's but they're i feel like they're just very unique to the way that they sound and like i think that band is a very good representation of like christian mcbride and of mm -hmm. mcbride's sound and of like listening to it i don't know about you but like i can see mcbride smiling like while he's playing bass like you like you just put it in and you're like this embodies this and that is a very um, specific, like, feel-good, like, groove-centric 
you know, it's a concert that you don't ever ask yourself that you're going to go see and be like, is this going to be good? You know, you pay what you need to pay to get into the door to go see it. And that's this big band. That's stacked. That's for sure. It's great, great musicians. I can see how passionate you are about it. That's great. I love it. I love it. It's a great record, of course, out on the Mac Avenue Records label. Is that what they call themselves? Mac Avenue? Yes. Just Mac Avenue. And, but he uh, has his imprint there too, uh, yeah. Brother Mister. But I think this one's is on Mac Avenue. Oh, yeah. I was just looking at the credits on Spotify and it says Mac Avenue. So that's why I thought that. But it could be both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Could be both. And that brings us to number one for this month. And that's a great guitarist, Lionel Oweke, playing the music of his boss. Uh, that's Herbie Hancock. And this first, this is just a single, I think. Uh, yeah. From his upcoming release. Uh, this, But this track is Cantaloupe Island. Man, this is, uh, it's so interesting because like, I think this is like a, the perfect mesh of people that we check out a lot. Mm-hmm. Herbie Hancock and then uh, Lionel Loeke. And it's, you know, it's someone that now thinking about it after they did the tour together and everything makes perfect sense of a pairing. There's so much alike, I think, in the way that they um, approach music and the way that they think about arrangements. Um, so I'm getting distracted so by this. Uh, I'm getting distracted <laughs> by this reharm here. It is so sick. And now Turn he's doing an album of Herbie Hancock tunes. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's all solo. I could be a hundred percent wrong. I think it's all solo, which makes it even better. Uh, the album comes out, let's see, 16 days from now. <laughs> and I am excited for it, man. I it's it's there's watermelon man's on it, rockets on it, like and you're talking about a guitar player who has the versatility on his instrument that like somebody like Bobby McFerrin has with their voice mm. or someone like a Herbie Hancock has with piano. And it's just like, um, amazing. The other thing that's really cool about this for me is Leonardo Loki releases great albums, but a lot of times they're very, um, much about like his heritage, I think, and very culturally inspired and like his experience and a lot of originals and whatnot, or at least tunes that I'm very unaware of mm-hmm. in these compositions, I am aware of, you know, like I do know. And so it's really cool then to see his approach for that and how he takes it on and everything, you know? Sure. Yeah. Um, this is a great album. Great cover too. I really like it. It's sleek. It's clean. Um, it's, it's clean. very clean. Uh, I think this is edition records. I think they're based in the UK. And I think, oh, I see HH at the top, Herbie Hancock. Nice. Yeah, it's very, it's it's very clean. Yeah, it's nice. So if you're trying to think of album artwork, don't steal this, but this is nice. This is nice. Yeah, just do uh, the same thing, but like in blue or something, you know? Oh, sure. Yeah. Just cop, cop that's what we do, right? We just copy, copy the greats. And but, then recreate uh, it. And recreate it, exactly. Excellent. Well, that's a lot of really great music to check out. Uh, a lot of great music coming up, it seems. A lot of nice singles here. And so, Alan, thanks for putting that together. And uh, as always, if you want to find this playlist, it's on Spotify. It's called This Is Jazz Today. And then it says curated by Outside of Music. You can find it because everything we do is green. So it's a big green square when you type it in. And uh, you can find that pretty easily on Spotify. So if you want to give it a follow, you can see 
the new tracks every single month and you can go back. Let's see, right now we've got six months worth, seven months worth of tracks on there if you wanna see what other new stuff has been coming out. Sometimes, I don't know about you, but I, I kind of have problems finding things, new things on Spotify. It wants to send me to old new things. So this our, our playlist might send you to some new new things and uh, hopefully you'll enjoy those. But Alan, thanks again for putting this together. Uh, check out this playlist and everything we do at Outside of Music at outsideinmusic.com. And we'll be back next month, hopefully with uh, no more than one Christmas uh, tune on that playlist. And uh, so thanks for listening and we will catch you next time.